Mark Zuckerberg told The New Yorker the news source he definitely follows is TechMeme. So listen to the Tech Meme Ride Home podcast, the podcast anyone who's anyone in Silicon Valley listens to every day. In just 15 to 20 minutes, you get a rundown of what happened in the world of tech with all the headlines, context, commentaries, and tweets from all the biggest players. New episodes every day at 5 p.m. Eastern. Search your favorite podcast app for Ride Home and subscribe to the Tech Meme Ride Home podcast. Tired of spending hundreds of dollars for prescription glasses? Zenni offers thousands of affordable eyewear styles, starting at just $6.95. No ridiculous markups, no hassles, just quality, affordable eyewear delivered right to you. Visit Zenni today at zenni.com slash CNN. Good evening. President Trump went to Capitol Hill late today to meet with the Republican Party divided over immigration, but increasingly opposed to President Trump's specific policy of separating families at the border. Dana Bash joins us shortly with the breaking news on that meeting. We begin, though, keeping him honest with, this, uh, with some of the president's harshest language yet on the subject, including his use of a word infest, which is normally not associated with human beings. There's that and new reporting on the administration's effort to gaslight the public on the issue, despite what our eyes, our ears and the facts themselves are saying. According to the government, more than 2,300 children have now been separated from their parents. Yet, as you know, according to the president and others, this is all a consequence of existing laws and not the recent decision by his administration to enforce that law in a new zero tolerance way. That much we knew and know. The question has been was whether this new policy, which, remember, DHS Secretary uh, Nielsen has refused to say even is a policy, was actually designed to use the cruelty of tearing kids, even toddlers and infants, from their moms and dads as a deterrent. Now, keeping them honest, the administration can't seem to keep its own story straight on this one. Secretary Nielsen yesterday appeared offended that someone would even ask that question. Are you intending for this to play out as it is playing out? Are you intending for parents to be separated from their children? Are you intending to send a message? I, I find that offensive. Which is interesting and also kind of weird because just a few hours after Nielsen was so offended, the attorney general said, and wait for it, that's the policies being used to send a message. Are you considering that, this a deterrent? I see that the fact that no one was being prosecuted for this as a factor in a five-fold increase in four years in this kind of illegal immigration. So, yes, uh, hopefully people will get the message and come through the border at the port of entry and not break, break across the border yeah. unlawfully. Well, this is something he has also said publicly before the policy went into effect and that Secretary Nielsen's predecessor, John Kelly, said more than a year ago. Mixed messaging aside, new CNN reporting reveals first that the zero tolerance policy was discussed in the early months of the administration, as were the consequences we're seeing play out now. According to a source familiar with early Department of Homeland Security deliberations, the notion of a deterrent effect was in fact discussed, but was first seen as too risky. Quoting the source, people foresaw that using that was going to result in a blowback of humanitarian concerns about using mothers and children for those policies. So keep it honest, none of this was a surprise. It was discussed. The consequences were considered first as something to fear, then later that view changed. This was not, in other words, some random effect of a law that had been on the books for a decade. The president, knowing this might happen, chose to set in motion the policy that made it happen. Today, though, he doubled down. First came a string of tweets, including this one. 
Democrats are the problem. They don't care about crime and want illegal immigrants, no matter how bad they may be, to pour into and infest our country like MS-13. They can't win on their terrible policies, so they view them as potential voters. Now, the verb infest is defined by Webster's as to spread or swarm in or over in a troublesome manner or to live in or on as a parasite. Then later today, he spoke out, making a series of non-factual statements. Do you know, if a person comes in and puts one foot on our ground, it's essentially welcome to America, welcome to our country. You never get them out because they take their name. They bring the name down. They file it. Then they let the person go. They say, show back up to court in one year from now. One year. But here's the thing. That in itself is ridiculous. Like 3% come back. Actually, according to Justice Department figures for 2016, the most recent year available, that percentage is more like 75%. The president also said this. And it got so crazy that all of these thousands, we now have thousands of judges, border judges, thousands and thousands. He says there are thousands and thousands. In reality, there are 335. But look, who's counting? What are, Finally, to the central point, the policy, his policy, the president, again, refused to take any responsibility. We have to get the Democrats to go ahead and uh, work with us, because as a result of Democrat-supported loopholes in our federal laws, most illegal immigrant families and minors from Central America who arrive unlawfully at the border cannot be detained together or removed together only released. These are crippling loopholes that cause family separation, which we don't want. We don't want it, he said, this thing that he caused and this thing that he traveled to the Capitol, he said, to actually try and fix. Seen as Dana Bash, as we said, has the breaking news on that. The president's meeting with House Republicans this evening. So what more are you learning about uh, uh, what took place from in that meeting? Well, the president came and and met with House Republicans, and the Republicans were hoping that he would come and change things for them, that that he would make clear uh, that he is very much behind one of the immigration bills that the leadership has on the table. And he effectively said that he supports both of these bills. So what does that mean? It means that, according to multiple members, Anderson, coming out of this meeting with the president, that they didn't think he moved the ball very much. In fact, one member said it was uneventful. Well, if the president is coming to rally members to support legislation, uneventful is not the term you want used to describe it. Having said that, there, there is some hope among the Republicans who are pushing for this broad immigration bill that at least uh, his presence here could help. Although the other side to that is I talked to one member who remembered uh, the president saying that he was behind a big spending bill. This member voted for it only for the president to, in the words of this member, throw them under the bus. And one other thing, Anderson, uh, on this issue of children and separating children from their families. What I'm told that the president did behind closed doors is really talk about it in the political context, talking about the images and the optics about how bad it is politically, much more so than about the policy in general. And that rubbed some Republicans the wrong way, uh, who I talked to, who are saying, wait a minute, it's not just about the optics, which are not good. It's about what we are doing to these children. 
How much momentum is there in Congress right now to actually do something about the zero tolerance, this child separation policy Mm -hmm. in particular? It's a really hard question to answer. Uh, To a person, uh, Republicans and Democrats say, obviously, that they want this to stop. But when you're just speaking about Republicans who run Congress, um, they it's not really clear how they're going to get this done. For example, these two bills that they're talking about in the House of Representatives possibly bringing up as soon as this week, they don't even know if they have the votes for them. Both of them do have language to deal with uh, this child separation issue. Um, even if one of them passed, which is a big if, the, it also includes broader uh, illegal immigration language, like, for example, the president's a border wall funding that and other issues that some Democrats don't support. So even if one of those pass, it's really doubtful, very doubtful that the Senate would bring it up. On the flip side, the Senate majority leader said today that the Republicans in the Senate are united about legislating a fix to this horrible problem of the children being separated from their families. And you have the Democrats who at least some of them the Republicans would need to support it, saying, no, we're not going to do this because we think that the president can do this with the stroke of a pen. So that is really, in a, in a nutshell, where this is. And I also think, just if I may, it, the president didn't take any questions tonight from House Republicans. And all, so that means despite all of this outrage about this policy, he didn't hear it personally from any of the Republicans who he was in the, in the room with here in the Capitol tonight. Dana Bash, thanks very much. Fascinating. We have new reporting as well from the, uh, the White House night. Our Caitlin Collins is there for us now. So what's the White House said uh, about the meeting? Well, Anderson, we saw that uh, what Dana just said. The president was supposed to go up there and essentially give a pep talk to these members to get behind one of these bills. He clearly didn't do that. Instead, it was more like one of his uh, greatest hits rallies where he talked about trade, North Korea, uh, essentially everything under the sun while touching on immigration here. And there was confusion when they got out of that meeting, whether or not the president had supported the compromise bill and thrown his weight behind that or whether he had simply alluded to it. And Anderson, that led to the White House issuing a statement uh, from a readout, essentially, of that meeting, saying that in the remarks, the president endorsed both the House immigration, both House immigration bills, saying that they want the ones that build the wall, close legal loopholes, cancel the visa lottery, curb chain migration and solve the border crisis. He told the members, quote, I'm with you. 100 percent. But the bottom line is the point of this meeting before all of this drama over the family separation issue was to get presidential momentum behind one of these bills. That didn't happen. And people in the White House do not feel that the prospects for either of those bills passing looks good right now. What are you hearing about how the president reacted to uh, to Secretary Nielsen's performance yesterday defending the policy? Well, the president in that meeting praised her. He gave her a shout out. That is unusual because her and the president have not been on good terms during her relationship as the Department of Homeland Security secretary. They've often butted heads uh, and he often credits John Kelly with bringing her on and having the president select her, someone the president never originally wanted. And now I'm being told it's not just the president praising her. People inside the West Wing are praising that very testy briefing performance yesterday, a briefing performance that has been widespread criticized by people on the Hill, not not just Democrats, but also a few conservative members as well. Uh, but in the West Wing, they think she did a good job sparring with reporters during that briefing and defending the administration. And clearly that is something that has made the president proud here, Anderson. And one more thing I'd like to note during that meeting, the president said he had heard from his daughter Ivanka Trump on this whole issue of separating the families at the borders and that she had criticized it, shown him the pictures, told him it needed to end. The president telling House members that criticism tonight. But Anderson, we should note that's not something that Ivanka Trump has said publicly.
Mm. Caitlin Collins, thanks very much. From the White House, Oregon uh, Democratic Senator uh, Jeff Merkley serves on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee and recently toured immigration detention centers on the South Texas border. He joins us now. Senator, thanks for being with us. So according to, to House members in this meeting with the president tonight, the president thinks that the images of, of these children in detention centers are, are bad. But the fact is, I mean, he does have the power to change this policy. Why do you think he refuses to to at least acknowledge that he has that power? Well, former presidents, when they establish a policy, they feel like they have to take responsibility for it. The buck stops here. Uh, good or bad, they're going to explain their decision. If they, they feel they've made a mistake, maybe they will change it. In this case, we have a president who is just psychologically incapable of taking responsibility for what he's done. Do you have a sense tonight if we're any closer to a resolution to this problem? Because another day that goes by, obviously, without a solution is another day that... that these kids continue to be separated from their parents and potentially more kids are. Yes, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm very concerned that we're going to end up in the quicksand of the legislative process and just be stuck. Maybe tar sands is a better way to put it. Uh, and that's why we want to keep the president in the middle of this. Uh, he caused this with a stroke of his pen. He can end it with a stroke of his pen. And things are not getting better. I mean, when we heard the Homeland Security Secretary essentially be offended that people would say, well, this was about deterrence or legislative leverage, then what does the president do? He, he comes to the Capitol Hill just a couple hours ago and, and basically frames this as legislative leverage for his wish list of uh, poorly thought through egregious immigration, and I can't even call them reforms, changes. And so he's doing exactly what we hurting children to create legislative leverage. Uh, that's just, it's, it's, it's evil. So when the president says this is about democratic uh, obstruction, uh, obstructionism, what do you say? Well, I would say uh, no Democrat held the pen that created this policy, and no Democrat can hold the pen that can end it. That is a presidential pen. Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said today that there's unanimity within the Republican conference that they want to fix this. Uh, do, you take, do you take him in his word, or are you and your fellow Democrats willing to work with them to, to try to do that in, 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 any kind of, in a comprehensive way that goes beyond just this particular issue? Or do you want to just focus on this particular issue of the separation? Well, when he had his stakeout today, he said specifically this shouldn't be a broader bill. It should just be this issue, which I was heartened by. And then I heard he was leaning towards the Ted Cruz bill. And the Ted Cruz bill is basically about, A, locking the children up along with the parents. So instead of handcuffs for the parents, it's handcuffs for all. And then second of all, having just two weeks for an asylum hearing, which means that it's a kangaroo court because there's no way an immigrant can get the documentation from their home country and prepare to consult with an attorney and present a case for asylum in that short period of time. So I'm, I'm, I'm very concerned that Mitch McConnell's uh, strategy of a narrow bill is a strategy that uh, actually uh, does further harm. What do you say to the president and, and his supporters and other Republicans who say, look, in, in past, um, it, the policy that the U.S. has had hasn't worked, that 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 many people are, are that they're they're basically released with with their kids. They disappear into the United States and, uh, you know, 75 um, percent may come back and appear in court like they're supposed to. But that means 25 percent don't. Well, so there was a case management program enacted or, or put together to to improve on this. The only report I've seen on it so far says they had a 99% response rate, that is people showing up for their, their hearings. It costs far much less money than in, in imprisoning people. 
and a 99% rate's a pretty pretty good rate. Now, I haven't seen an independent assessment if that's accurate, but the idea of having a case manager who tracks where people are, makes sure they turn out, uh, and keeps the families together so that, that, that uh, essentially we're not inflicting harm on them uh, makes a lot of sense. Let's learn. That's a program that the president ended a year ago, June. Let's let, why did he end it? it? It sounds like it was working. Uh, just lastly, I want to play something that the president said about uh, Democratic support for immigration reform today. Uh, and I just want to play this now. They don't want to give it because Democrats love open borders. Let the whole world come in. Let the whole world. MS-13 gang members from all over the place. Come on in. We have open borders. And they view that possibly intelligently, except that it's destroying our country. They view that as potential voters. I just want to give you a chance to respond to that. Do you view MS-13 members coming in the country as potential voters? You know, it's so disheartening to hear the president cast these type of aspersions. In 2013, we had a bipartisan bill, a lot of security at the border. There's a tremendous amount of security that was added during the Obama years. Uh, people working together, not just for the border, but to address the, the issue of people overstaying visas. And so the president, because he, he can't take responsibility for his policy, and he can't argue the logic of it because he argued deterrence, and that's hurting kids for deterrence is wrong. Even his, his secretary of Homeland Security said that, that that doesn't fly, and yet, yet that was the heart of this decision. So he just decides to, to cast insults against people. So uh, it's, I, I guess the word that comes to my mind is it's pathetic that the president is incapable of, as an adult, taking responsibility, having an honest conversation about the, the things that worked in the past that he eliminated and about the impact of this policy on children, and for that matter, on children and parents. Uh, I know he wants to cast this as closed borders versus open borders. That is completely a thousand percent fallacious. This is about people showing up but show up being treated well for their asylum here and recognizing that four out of five aren't going to be granted asylum and they're going to be deported based on past statistics. But you don't do harm to people fleeing persecution from overseas and seeking a hearing in the United States of America. Senator Merkley, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Coming, Thank you. coming up next, a pair of Republicans with very different takes on the president's uh, plan. Join us. Talk about the president and the problem he says he came to Congress to try to fix today. Also, later, the women behind the audio tape of migrant children that has become one of the touchstones of the president's controversial policy. Tired of spending hundreds of dollars for prescription glasses? Our friends at Zenni Optical offer a huge variety of high-quality, stylish frames and state-of-the-art optics starting at just $6.95. You can get multiple frames with this great pricing for less than one pair elsewhere. Start building your eyewear wardrobe from the comfort of your own home at Zenni.com. With the latest trends in eyewear, available in hundreds of frame styles and materials, there isn't a better way to change it up for every season. Plus, Zenni offers prescription sunglasses at incredible prices. Visit Zenny today at zenny.com slash CNN. That's Z-E-N-N-I.com slash CNN. President Trump says he hates what's happening on the border. He'll not say he's responsible for it happening. He spent the evening on Capitol Hill meeting with House Republicans, as we've been talking about, which, as Dana Bash just reported, did not go especially well in the, the minds of some of the Republicans she talked to. One member telling her the president mainly spoke about how popular he is. Here to talk about is former Trump campaign official Jason Miller and Republican strategist uh, Rick Wilson, author of the upcoming book, 
everything Trump touches dies. So, Jason, at least 11 Republican senators are calling for the attorney general to halt the separation of parents and kids at the border while Congress works on a fix. The president didn't meet with those Republicans tonight. Instead, he went to, to an arguably friendlier crowd in the House and reportedly only talked about the border crisis in terms of political optics. Um, how do you explain that? Well, I was just uh, talking to a, a member on the Republican side on the House who had a little more optimistic impression from the president's visit this afternoon and thought that the president did help move things along. I still think the vote's going to be very tough in the House. Uh, and But the, the bigger picture here is I think what the president's going for is a much bigger comprehensive reform that usually the Washington way of doing things is folks want to come in, they want to put a patch on things or maybe come up with kind of a short-term fix. But it's really clear that what President Trump Trump is going for is he wants to build the wall. He wants to go through a set of principles, come up with a humane solution for DACA, come up with a solution uh, for uh, close these catch and release loopholes. And it's clear that he doesn't want to go for one of these short term answers. He wants to go for the big fix. And this is kind of the going back to what President Trump ran on in 2016. I think this is really the difference between him and a lot of other politicians in Washington. Look, it might work. It might not work. But this is what he ran on. This is what he's trying to deliver. Rick, is that what the president is trying to do, just holding up for a big fix? Of course not. You know, uh, Jason, practically every word Jason just said was a lie, including the articles A and and the. This is not the truth. Donald Trump wants to have a, a theater of cruelty to display his toughness to his base, to display his racial animus to his base. And he doesn't want to take the one word, one line fix that could easily be passed right now that just basically says it is the policy of the United States government to no longer engage in separating families regardless of status and that they will be held in, with, with intact families. It could be a one-line, one-paragraph fix. The Senate and the House could pass it. Or the president, who thinks he's got this vast executive power and exercises it for every damn thing in the world, um, he could easily have an executive order to say to the Department of Homeland Security and ICE and, and Border Patrol, you will not separate these families. Or he could send down command guidance through Kristen Nielsen and say, let's find a way inside the law to not separate these families. There are plenty of options here. The president's lie of saying, oh, I want to do a comprehensive immigration reform package. He rejected the package that was previously brought to him. There was almost a compromise back in January, and then Stephen Miller blew it up. This is a guy who doesn't want a comprehensive thing. He wants this to be a spectacle. He wants to show these children in agony and in, in fear because he loves it, and his people love it, and they are, they're eating it up. And guys like Stephen Miller, who are around the president, are delighted by this. Jason, I mean, if the president really did want to, to uh, is so concerned about this separation, I mean, to, to Rick's point, he could at least pause it uh, while Congress works on a more comprehensive solution, if the president really is so eager on a comprehensive solution, no? Well, uh, and Congress may go ahead and take that action to go and send something up to the president. But the president could do it right now, couldn't he? Well, and again, that's, that goes to a, a matter of legal interpretation. They're, the folks in the administration clearly believe that it does take a congressional fix on that point. And so, but, and, but and, did, and Rick, didn't the president start this policy? I mean, wasn't it the president's Department of Justice which started the zero tolerance policy, which is just an interpretation of existing law? It's not anything in the law itself that says the families have to be separated. But, but Anderson, you just said the exact point that their interpretation of the policy is uh, with regard to this is that if they're going to go and enforce it, that this is how they have to go and process families that are coming across. And so it would take a congressional fix to do it. And Rick even said it in his right, comments. But he could just not uh, enforce, would, he could just not, uh, you know, he could do what prior administrations has done temporarily while if you're saying he's so intent on a comprehensive fix, uh, he could just temporarily suspend the zero tolerance policy. 
Which, but I, I think mean, Anderson, he, he can go that, back to the policy he had are, But I think, that, I think that's getting a little bit into the, there I think that's getting a little bit silly where we're, we're, we're going to just not enforce certain laws that are on the books and say, okay, until Congress can come up with something, we're just not going to go and enforce uh, our border laws or our, our national sovereignty. I think that doesn't seem to be the right solution. I think Congress can move quick. I mean, these are some smart people on the Hill. They can get their acts together. They can come up with a plan and put it forward. Um, and I think that's what the president was on the Hill today rallying them to do. And again, going back to my but, but you can see is, he can do that. But, I mean, you can't. You, I, I know you say it's not uh, enforcing laws. Other people would argue with you. It's actually just enforcing them in a different way. It's uh, it's asking people to come back to court later on. But you concede he could do that if he wanted to. Yes. Uh, I would say I'm not an immigration lawyer and I'm gonna, not going to pretend to be one now, but I'm saying that this administration firmly believes that it takes a congressional uh, action really? to go and get it to the point. Yes, that's what that they is, say they uh, believe, but it's not really clear. That that's amazing. That's, that's amazing that's to me, ahead. though, Jason, because this is a this is a president who defines his entire administration by executive orders because there's a, basically a desert of, of legislative accomplishments. Everything's down to executive orders and policy changes. And this is a guy who is governed by using those two tools almost exclusively so far. And we've even got an example from the very beginning of the administration when you were still there um, or, or still around where they did the Muslim ban. It was such a sweeping claim of executive powers on an immigration-related matter, and now they're suddenly, oh, they're just taking them, they've, they've got to respect constitutional prerogatives now and congressional prerogatives now? I don't think so. This is a deliberate delay going down there. This has been a blackmail play from the beginning. This has been a spectacle of cruelty from the beginning. They wanted these horrible scenes of these kids because they want to whip up the mouth breathers that are, that are the Breitbart comment section morons who comprise a large percentage of the base. They want those people angry and furious about brown people. And it's the delay and the, and the claim that you have to have a congressional action only that's so spurious as could Rick, be. Where, where this guy I could do this respectfully in a hot disagree. Uh, it, we can put the the rhetoric and the insults uh, aside for a moment. This is the reason why nothing gets done no. in Washington because folks come on and they pop off and they go with it uh, all the personal insults and then everyone kind of runs back to their corner. Oh wait, I'm sorry. Done. I'm sorry. But, but Donald Trump was actually going up to the Hill today to say he wants to get a comprehensive bill done. And so we talk about a humane solution for DACA, something that uh, but you know doesn't. the last couple of presidents have not been able to do. He wants to end chain migration, wants to end the visa lottery system. He's actually talking about specific policies that he wants to go and get done. He wants to close this catch and release loophole. It's, look, I get that you, that you like the insults and you have a couple of cool one-liners, but what specific policies are you putting forward? All I hear from you is it sounds like you want open borders. You think it's okay if people are in the country illegally. And so I guess that means Jason, that whether it's let's, MS-13 let's stop, let's or stop drug the dealers category or human, let's stop or the human category trafficking. Like that, no, that's, that's what it sounds like to Jason, me, Rick, let, because let, you haven't let, put let, Jason, I've I've listed specifically what I, stand I know. For, I know it. Ra- Jason, I know Trump it rattles you to be told the truth about Donald Trump. And you haven't put forward a single idea. Jason, right? I, just I know it rattles you to be told the truth about Donald Trump. That this is a guy who is surrounded by some of the weirdest edge case people on this issue. You're you making guys my have, point you for guys me, are right? Surrounded by people who are who are talking about. You guys, are, you guys are surrounded by people who contextualize this as this browning of America, this, this imaginary race war that's going on. And a lot of the folks around him, like Stephen Miller, and the folks that have departed now, like, like Steve Bannon. Okay. Rick, who you don't like Stephen immigra- Miller. Ah, 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 Jason, Rick, Jason, so, ah, ah, so tell us your ideas. Jason, Jason a okay, lot of the people around Steven. this president have, have spoken out in ways, have out in ways that are, have no that are aggressively but, but, and assertively racially charged. And, and this is a complete... 
This is a complete spectacle designed by this administration to show children in pain and to show children in fear so that you can achieve a legislative end. I don't know. There, I, you know, it's hard to imagine someone that your administration and your, and your master, they're going any lower, but they strike bottom and keep digging every single day. And the fact that you want to defend it and the fact that you want to go ahead and continue to play this game where, this, where you think Donald Trump is some sort of wise policymaker, this is a guy who has been a wrecking ball in this society. This is a guy... And Speaking of insults, by the way, Jason, your, uh, your, your boss there is the king of insulting people, mostly like handicapped reporters and war veterans, but that's okay. So, um, J- but this is an administration I'm, I'm, that wants Rick, this, to play, out, that wants this to play out in the just most one, cruel just and one horrifying idea, way they possibly can. All you have to do, just one idea, Rick, J- just humor me, because I've put forward several policy matters that the president, this administration well, Jason, is trying to do. The, the you've fact attacked Stephen Miller, several you've attacked talking President points Trump. The administration There's, that seeks to no, delay any resolution. Okay, here's, Jason, here it is. Rick, Jason, you it's want an okay answer? if you have no Jason, ideas, you just want an admit answer? it. You want a policy? You want a policy? Here's a policy. The policy of this administration is to not separate families with children. We will do an executive order until such time as the one paragraph, one subject piece of legislation that says the same thing comes forward. Now, the fact that you're saying you have to have a comprehensive answer, you know, you said earlier in the discussion, oh, Washington just wants to patch things. They just want to, they just want to do onesie twosie things. That you know that's false. Washington does comprehensive, broad spectrum bills all the time. That's basically all they do. I'd rather them do discrete fix ups sometimes. But in this case, uh, the policy, you want a policy? Okay, we don't separate kids from their mothers. We don't take little girls who they're hiding the pictures of the little girls. We don't take those, we don't take those people and isolate them, and we don't take those people away from their parents. There's a Down syndrome so, child Rick, separate from their mother. Can we agree what do you on think closing about that? the catch I mean, are you cool with that, Jason? If you're cool with that, let me know, can, buddy. Can we agree, because that can we agree on closing your moral, the catch your moral landscape. Poll? I mean, because it sounds to me that you want uh, you want to have open borders. Oh my God! You know what? Policy. Open borders that, is a code for brown like. people. I so get it. I get. We, I get it. You're comfortable with that. Agree? I get okay. it. Okay. I, brother, I get right. it. That was an excellent let's, insult. Good job. Uh, so you got your quick sound bite. There. Can we agree? Dude, I have even started. Catch and release loophole. All right, we're going to have to leave there just on time. Jason Miller, thanks. Uh, Rick Wilson as well. Appreciate it. Religious leaders across a range of denominations are lining up to criticize the Trump administration's policy of separating kids from their parents at the southern border. A Catholic priest calls the practice, quote, pure evil. I'll talk with him next. Remember, to create an ad like this one, visit purewinning.com slash CNN. Hundreds of members of Jeff Sessions' church tonight are issuing a formal complaint against him because of his zero-tolerance policy that's led to around 2,000 children being separated from their parents at the southern border so far. The complaint by 640 members of the United Methodist Church says the policy violates church rules and may constitute child abuse. Meantime, prominent Catholics are adding to the chorus of religious criticism as well. One of them, Father James Martin, who tweeted, Like many, I've resisted using this word, but it's time. The deliberate and unnecessary separation of innocent children from their parents is pure evil. It does not come from God or from any genuinely moral impulse. It is wantonly cruel and targets the most vulnerable. Father Martin joins me now. Thanks for being with us, Father. I, I wonder what goes th- through your mind when you when you hear members of the administration using scripture and biblical teachings to promote the zero tolerance policy. Well, I saw that and I thought it was pretty obscene to use Roman 13 as Attorney General Sessions did is completely out of context. Uh, you know, God's law supersedes man's law, even in St. Paul. Uh, and for Sarah Huckabee Sanders to say that it was biblical. Uh, to follow laws, I mean, basically, again, makes the law into an idol and sort of removes the place of conscience and really God's law in all of this. So I thought it was pretty obscene. 
to, to say that the policy is pure evil, as you did, I mean, it, it's, um, you know, what, what supporters of the policy say, or, or whether it's true or not, is that that long term that this will be a deterrent uh, and, and basically prevent families from bringing their children along a very dangerous journey that endangers those children along the way. Sure, I've heard that. And that's the old moral argument, the end justifies the means. And so, you know, that can be used to justify torture as well, you know, because we'll get a good result from that. You know, Amnesty International, as a matter of fact, uh, declared that this was, in fact, torture. So, you know, from my mind uh, and from my heart, it seems to satisfy every category of evil that you could imagine. And uh, I would just ask people who see those pictures, you know, to, to sort of ponder why it is our hearts are moved like that. And that's, that's really God speaking to your conscience. And God is speaking to us here through these pictures and these sounds and these images. You know, the president tweeted uh, using the word infest, talking about illegal immigrants infesting the, the United States. Um, I, you know, I, I worked in Rwanda briefly during the, the genocide. Uh, th- that was, you know, calling co- uh, your enemy cockroaches or calling an opponent cockroaches or uh, making them less than human is, is something we've heard from, from uh, regimes throughout the, throughout the decades and throughout history. Is it, do you think it's intentional on the president's part? I can't say if it's intentional, but I agree with you, Anderson, that uh, this is exactly what uh, regimes like Nazi Germany, uh, you know, as you said, the the Rwandese uh, being called cockroaches, uh, the Jews were vermin uh, in Nazi Germany. And this is what regimes do, whether consciously or unconsciously, to dehumanize people. And so therefore it makes them easier to put them in cages, because if they're animals, then, you know, we shouldn't care about them. Uh, And I think it's, it's really, we have to call it out, it's sinful. It's an assault on human dignity. Uh, it's unchristian. And I really wonder how people can sleep at night, as Christians especially, uh, spouting this kind of hate language, which is what it is. And it's really disturbing to me. You, you mentioned Nazi Germany. I just want to play something that, that Attorney General uh, Jeff Sessions said on, on Fox last night. Um, I'll play that now. Nazi Germany, concentration camps, Human rights violations, Laura Bush has weighed in, Michelle Obama, Rosalind Carter, got all the first ladies going back to Eleanor Roosevelt. She's apparently weighed in as well. Uh, General Sessions, uh, what's, what's going on here? Well, it's a real exaggeration. Of course, in Nazi Germany, they were keeping the Jews from leaving the country. Uh, but this is a serious matter. We need to think it through, be rational and thoughtful about it. We want to allow asylum for people who qualify for it. I'm wondering what you make of the attorney general's response, because it just struck me as odd that the only difference he would come up with between this policy and Nazi Germany is that Nazi Germany is trying to keep Jews in the country, not prevent uh, them from coming into the country. Yeah, most likely because the comparisons were so apt. I mean, uh, the, the Nazis also created unjust laws and then accused the Jews of breaking them and then, you know, jailed them and, of course, shipped in the concentration camp. So, uh, you know, I found that fairly nonsensical. But this is what happened in Nazi Germany, you know, to an extent in terms of the dehumanization of people, the creation of laws that were then broken, and that gave them permission to put people in concentration camps or in this case, uh, you know, in these cages. And, and the fact that it's children, I think, is even more reprehensible. So I found that statement just bizarre. Mm. Well, Father Martin, I appreciate you being with us. Thank you very much. My pleasure. The uh, audio recording of kids at the border after they've been separated from their parents still echoing tonight across social media. Here's a brief portion courtesy of ProPublica. Hey, 
Coming up, I'll talk with a civil rights lawyer who received the audio from a client and with the ProPublica journalist who posted this story and the latest update we have about that little girl asking about her aunt. I'm Andy Katz from March Madness 365, and on this edition of our show, I'll be joined by Syracuse's Tyus Battle. I've been just trying to improve all facets of my game, just being able to be more offensive, throwing the ball different ways, shooting the ball, I think that's improved, and uh, just my playmaking ability as well. Subscribe to March Madness 365 now at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hundreds of members of Jeff Sessions' church tonight are issuing a formal complaint against him because of his zero-tolerance policy that's led to around 2,000 children being separated from their parents at the southern border so far. The complaint by 640 members of the United Methodist Church says the policy violates church rules and may constitute child abuse. Meantime, prominent Catholics are adding to the chorus of religious criticism as well. One of them, Father James Martin, who tweeted, Like many, I've resisted using this word, but it's time. The deliberate and unnecessary separation of innocent children from their parents is pure evil. It does not come from God or from any genuinely moral impulse. It is wantonly cruel and targets the most vulnerable. Father Martin joins me now. Thanks for being with us, Father. I, I wonder what goes th- through your mind when you when you hear members of the administration using Scripture and biblical teachings to promote the zero-tolerance policy. Well, I saw that, and I thought it was pretty obscene to use Roman 13's, as Attorney General Sessions did, is completely out of context. Uh, you know, God's law supersedes man's law, even in St. Paul. Uh, and for Sarah Huckabee Sanders to say that it was biblical— uh, to follow laws, I mean, basically, again, makes the law into an idol and sort of removes the place of conscience and really God's law in all of this. So I thought it was pretty obscene. To, to say that the policy is pure evil, as you did, I mean, it, it, it's, um, you know, what, what supporters of the policy say, or, or whether it's true or not, is that that long term that this will be a deterrent uh, and, and basically prevent families from bringing their children along a very dangerous journey that endangers those children along the way. Sure, I've heard that. And that's the old moral argument, the end justifies the means. And so, you know, that can be used to justify torture as well, you know, because we'll get a good result from that. You know, Amnesty International, as a matter of fact, uh, declared that this was, in fact, torture. So, you know, from my mind uh, and from my heart, it seems to satisfy every category of evil that you could imagine. And uh, I would just ask people who see those pictures, you know, to, to sort of ponder why it is our hearts are moved like that. And that's, that's really God speaking to your conscience. And God is speaking to us here through these pictures and these sounds and these images. You know, the president tweeted uh, using the word infest, talking about illegal immigrants infesting the, the United States. Um, I, you know, I, I worked in Rwanda briefly during the, the genocide. Uh, th- that was, you know, calling co- uh, your enemy cockroaches or calling an opponent cockroaches or uh, making them less than human is, is something we've heard from, from uh, regimes throughout the, throughout the decades and throughout history. Is it, do you think it's intentional on the president's part? I can't say if it's intentional, but I agree with you, Anderson, that uh, this is exactly what uh, regimes like Nazi Germany, uh, you know, as you said, the, the Rwandese uh, being called cockroaches, uh, the Jews were vermin uh, in Nazi Germany. And this is what regimes do, whether consciously or unconsciously, to dehumanize people. And so therefore it makes them easier to put them in cages because if they're animals, then, you know, we shouldn't care about them. Uh, and I think it's, it's really, we have to call it out, it's sinful. It's an assault on human dignity. Uh, it's unchristian. And I really wonder how people can sleep at night, as Christians especially, uh, spouting this kind of hate language, which is what it is. And it's really disturbing to me. 
You, you mentioned Nazi Germany. I just want to play something that, that Attorney General uh, Jeff Sessions said on, on Fox last night. Um, I'll play that now. Nazi Germany, concentration camps, human rights violations. Laura Bush has weighed in, Michelle Obama, Rosalind Carter. got all the first ladies going back to Eleanor Roosevelt. She's apparently weighed in as well. Uh, General Sessions, uh, what's, what's going on here? Well, it's a real exaggeration. Of course, in Nazi Germany, they were keeping the Jews from leaving the country. Uh, but this is a serious matter. We need to think it through, be rational and thoughtful about it. We want to allow asylum for people who qualify for it. I'm wondering what you make of the attorney general's response, because it just struck me as odd that the only difference he would come up with between this policy and Nazi Germany is that Nazi Germany is trying to keep Jews in the country, not prevent uh, them from coming into the country. Yeah, most likely because the comparisons were so apt. I mean, uh, the, the Nazis also created unjust laws and then accused the Jews of breaking them and then, you know, jailed them and, of course, shipped them to the concentration camp. So, uh, you know, I found that fairly nonsensical. But this is what happened in Nazi Germany, you know, to an extent in terms of the dehumanization of people, the creation of laws that were then broken, and that gave them permission to put people in concentration camps or in this case, uh, you know, in these cages. And, and the fact that it's children, I think, is even more reprehensible. So I found that statement just bizarre. Mm. Well, Father Martin, I appreciate you being with us. Thank you very much. My pleasure. The uh, audio recording of kids at the border after they've been separated from their parents still echoing tonight across social media. Here's a brief portion courtesy of ProPublica. Well, coming up, I'll talk with a civil rights lawyer who received the audio from a client and with a ProPublica journalist who posted this story and the latest update we have about that little girl asking about her aunt. Well, children who are separated from their parents undergo a sense of trauma that could have long-lasting repercussions on their lives. It's happening now here in the United States with families crossing the border illegally, but it's also happening to tens of millions of children all over the world. Children whose parents can't care for them and give them up to live in orphanages or whose parents have died. Many kids in orphanages will never be adopted, so the question is what happens to them? An American doctor named Jane Aronson has dedicated her life to figuring out how to help kids growing up in orphanages or away from their parents. Her organization is called Worldwide Orphans. They work to improve the lives of kids who are left without family members to care for them. All this week, we're telling the stories of extraordinary people and organizations that are making a difference around the world. The special series is called Champions for Change, and it gives us an opportunity to highlight important issues and work alongside these changemakers who are making a difference. I traveled recently to Haiti with Dr. Aronson to see some of her work firsthand through a special program designed to help kids learn and play. Take a look. Worldwide Orphans has a new fundraising initiative based around this special series with a goal of raising $550,000. All donations are welcome and will provide vital services to children around the world. You can find out more about their initiative at their website, www.org. That's www.org. 
We'll continue to share these uh, inspirational stories all week. You can also watch the Champions for Change one-hour special this Saturday at 8 p.m. That's all the time we have. Thanks for watching. Time to hand it over to Don Lemon. CNN Tonight starts now. As we reported at the top of the broadcast, the president spoke tonight to House Republicans about immigration. He did not, according to several lawmakers, move the ball much, saying he favored both GOP bills on the table. Also, according to one lawmaker, he spent uh, much of the time talking about other things, namely what he sees as his accomplishments. Meantime, over on the Senate side, members heard a portion of that audio recording of children clearly in distress at the border after being separated from their parents. New Jersey Democrat Bob Menendez played it from his cell phone, which he held up to his lapel microphone. Here's part of that tape, courtesy of ProPublica. Civil rights attorney Jennifer Harbury says she received that tape from a client and ProPublica reporter Ginger Thompson posted the story initially. Both of them join me now. Jennifer is the first person to, to have received, to have listened to this tape. I'm wondering what went through your mind when you first heard it. Well, of course, my first reaction was one of horror. I just wanted to burst into tears. I mean, I think any human being hears children as upset and terrified as that. What you want to do is go run to that child and pick, up, pick that child up and hold them and comfort them. And then I started to get mad and realized this is really important. Everybody has to hear this tape. We can't go on with no one being allowed into these uh, customs and border processing centers. We can't see the kids. We can't hear the kids. We're not allowed to really know what's going on. The transparency is necessary now. Ginger, I know you've been in touch with the aunt of the six-year-old girl on the tape, who, who you can hear asking the officers to, to call her aunt. You can even hear her recite her aunt's phone number at one point. Do you know, has her aunt been able to speak with her? Yes. Her aunt spoke with her the day that this recording was made um, and has spoken to her um, every other day since. Uh, she says that the child has been moved out of that Border Patrol facility and is now in a shelter that is run by HHS. And the girl remarked to her that um, where she's staying now is much better. She has a bed now and she has um, her meals are better. Um, but she's worried about being um, left behind, that her mother could be deported uh, before uh, they're reunited. Do you know, has her mother been able to, to get in touch directly with, with her daughter? Um, the, so the mother has not been able to speak to the little girl. They're sort of having three-way conversations in which the um, aunt will pass a message from the mother to the little girl and vice versa. 
Jennifer, the, the administration makes the point that, that this didn't start with them, that other administrations, the Obama administration, the Bush administration, they say also separated children from their families. As someone who spent the past four decades along the border working on civil rights cases, I'm wondering what you say to that. We have never, ever seen that happen down here. It may be in the case of a smuggler or someone who had entered illegally maybe four or five times that a child was sent to um, Child Protective Services if the parent was going to be in prison for a while. But we have never seen a mass separation of parents from their children based on a misdemeanor for entering on unlo- entering without inspection, especially when they are running for their lives. They're trying to save their children's lives. The punishment is the few days they may spend in jail. We don't get to add to that the punishment of losing their children. It's unthinkable. Is it it clear to you that there is a policy for reuniting these children with uh, with their parents? I mean, if, if the parents have been deported, are the children, what happens to the kids? That's a very good question. We're not getting clear or consistent answers right now, and we need them. So, uh, Ginger, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, when the world is faced with a crisis, so there's an image or, or an account emerges that that's shifts the dialogue or certainly grabs people's attention. Do you think this recording has been that, that sort of um, catalyst? Well, I don't know, um, you know, exactly how powerful this is. I will say that um, the outpouring of interest that we've gotten at ProPublica, the the sort of flood of people who have emailed me and asked about the this little girl and how she's doing and how, you know, and asking questions about what can be done to help and what can be done to stop um, this kind of separation um, has been sort of overwhelming uh, for us. And so um, I think that it has crystallized for a lot of people what this um, policy does. I think it's crystallized for a lot of people um, what impact this policy is having on, on children. Mm. Jennifer Harbury and Ginger Thompson, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. You may have seen uh, polls of support among Repu- uh, Republicans. Up next, we wanted to find out how supporters of President Trump feel about the separation of families at the border. Are they still siding with the president? Some insight when we continue. Hey, it's Howard Beck, and I've got former NBA champion and current Yes analyst Richard Jefferson on Bleacher Report's The Full 48. For me, winning the championship just validated, you know, me from a standpoint of like, all I ever wanted to do was win. All I ever wanted to do was win on a high, high level. And so to get that, then it just made everything feel like it was worth it. The Full 48 is now available on Spotify. And of course, you can always listen and subscribe on the Bleacher Report app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Our breaking news tonight, President Trump met tonight with Republican lawmakers, including several who do not support his policy of separating families at the border. While criticism for the policy on Capitol Hill seems to be growing, many Republican voters support the tough stance by the president. Here's what CNN's Martin Savage found out in one border state. At Nana D's Diner in Mesa, Arizona, you can find plenty of good food. What you won't find, especially among Trump fans, is sympathy for immigrant families separated at the border. These people that we have coming across the border illegally are breaking the rules. Oh, I have no feelings for them at all. 
Despite the images of children torn from their parents or the sounds of kids crying in a detention center, folks here back the president completely. It's not about Mexicans. That's what everybody is so angry about. It's not. It's, I don't care if you're from Canada. I don't care if you're from where. You just can't come into this state and reach. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain. You think that people are living off of the state Absolutely. but not doing it legally? Absolutely. And I think it's bull****. You hear a lot of anger and a lot of the president's own arguments, especially that many of the immigrants are actually criminals posing as parents. Now, when you have a bad guy coming across, kidnapping a kid and trying to come across, I don't buy that. How many of these do you think could be bad guys? I don't really know, but uh, there's a lot of people being hurt by bad guys coming into this country. A lot of people. Actually, that isn't true, but it is what these Trump voters believe. Madeline Carroll doesn't like CNN, and she doesn't like the way the media, she says, is trying to make her feel guilty. Quit trying to make us feel teary-eyed for the children. Yes, I love children a great deal, but to me, it's up to the parents to do things rightfully and legally. You support the president 100%. Correct. Not all Trump supporters feel that way. In a trendy watering hole in Scottsdale, I meet up with four conservative friends. Despite the stereotypical image of Trump supporters, they're not old, angry, or altogether white. They're young, highly educated professionals with immigrant histories in their families. At the end of the day, the zero tolerance is about enforcing the law. They all like Trump's tougher stand on border protection, but all feel it's going too far. Well, I'm definitely not for separating families. It wasn't well thought out of kind of the human aspect of how this plays out, both uh, for the families and for everyone involved. Politics aside, there are real families involved here. And, you know, the Statue of Liberty says, give us your huddled masses. And so I want to remain a country that that's our motto. They all don't believe Trump likes taking kids from their parents. Instead, they see what's happening as an unintended consequence of a stricter policy. Shouldn't we somehow end it immediately? And I think that's what they need to do, but it's politics. That's the sad part. Common sense is now taken out of the equation. They hope Congress and the White House can make a deal this week ending family separations. In their minds, unlike some other Trump voters, zero tolerance should not mean zero compassion. And Martin joins me now from Phoenix. How many of, of the, uh, the supporters you talked to ha- had kids themselves? Yeah, that was a major question we asked of everyone. And the interesting thing is that all the older Trump supporters there, many of them have children, grandchildren. Some even have great-grandchildren. Yet, as you know, most of them didn't have a whole lot of sympathy for the children down on the border, separated from their parents. Then the younger Trump supporters we talked to, none of them have children. And yet every one of them was deeply moved and very upset by the treatment of children down on the border. It was completely different from what I expected. Anderson. Hmm. Brendan Savage, thanks very much. Appreciate it. Up next, a GOP lawmaker says the meeting with the president on immigration tonight, quote, didn't move the ball. We'll have more on that and what the president is saying about his visit to Capitol Hill when we continue. 
Are you ready to learn how to build a better consulting or professional services company? Then download the Liston.io show for the best sales and marketing advice so you can deliver your services to the people who need you the most. On the show, I'll be interviewing the smartest people in the industry to share what they know about building a better consulting business. I'll also give you episodes where I tell you specifically how to sell your services with confidence and how to transform into an influential leader in your industry. Your happy clients probably want to help you. It's too hard for them right now. You're asking them to do too much of the selling that you should be doing. Yeah, it's going to move. It's going to change. It's going to disrupt you at some point in time. Your most loyal clients are your most profitable. Ready to learn how other people are building the consulting company you've always wanted? Download the Liston.io show spelled L-I-S-T-O-N dot I-O wherever you get your podcasts. Before you go, we wanted to let you know that we just launched the ability for anyone to advertise on CNN Podcasts. You're just a few clicks away from reaching millions of people in a way that you never have before. Advertise for a business event or kick off an awareness campaign for your brand. Start today at purewinning.com slash CNN. Integrating podcasts into your marketing mix has never been easier. Go to purewinning.com slash CNN to get started.